Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Hill. And today we're looking at the texts for the fourth Sunday in Lent. And if you would like to hear all the texts read to you, you can do so by listening to the readings podcast that was dropped before this. So, Vicar, we're looking at this parable of the prodigal son. It's the continuation. It's another call to repentance, which fits really well into the whole season of Lent. And um, I always think it's interesting that we say, where do I discuss the readings for the whatever Sunday? And we only talk about the gospel lesson. And so, I realized that there is a lot to talk about in this. And with this, it's the really well-known story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son wakes up one day for whatever reason and says, I want my inheritance. And then the father gives it to him. And then he goes out and lives and do, uh, to another country and does whatever he wants to do. Then he realizes, well, he doesn't realize, he runs out of money, gets a job. And then he realizes, well, even my father's servants live better than I do. And he goes back, and while his father, while he's coming back, he has his apology already. Father sees him coming, jumps on him, has this big feast that his son has come back. Older brother says, that's not good. I've been here all this time, and you've never thrown me a party. And that's where it ends. Uh, and I, I'm I'm the one who's going to be preaching this weekend on yeah. this on this text here, and uh, I think that's pretty much all I'm going to say there because everybody knows. Well, this, you, well, no, and Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves you because everybody knows yeah. uh, this parable. Um, so we'll try to say something. Uh, I don't know if original, but something worthwhile for our listeners here. Um, but yeah, it starts off, uh, and, and um, the son here. If you if you understand the cultural context here, mm-hmm. it's not just um, you know, Dad, I see you did pretty well for yourself. How about I get my cut now? Yeah, uh, it's really a um, Dad, you're no use to me. Right. I wish you were dead. <laughs> no, this is really huge because it is a statement of not only do I. I want what you have, and it only comes to me when you're dead. Mm-hmm. It, it's really an out-and-out rejection, yep. um, and really it's, uh, you know, your, your money is better to me than you are. Uh, yep. It would be more useful. And so um, it starts off pretty rough for yes. this <laughs> for this imaginary son in the parable uh, as he, he rejects his father and he goes away, and uh, and we know that he swindles, he, he, he wastes this money, squanders his money pretty quickly here. Um, and there are a lot of details that we can get into. Well, it just says, uh, squanders his property in reckless living. And I want to make that very clear. I don't know what reckless living is, except that it probably means that he's doing whatever he wants to. He's probably um, eating too much, drinking too much, 
doing whatever he wants. He's been given money and the means to live any way he wants. You don't think he started like a charitable organization and, you know, full philanthropy and is helping the neighborhood and everything? You think he was just spending it on himself? No, I, I absolutely think that he established a charity for himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the complete selfish living. And we can ponder what reckless living is. But I just I like the idea of just selfish living, and we can go into details. But I want to hold off onto that until we get to the older brother, because I love how the older brother fills in details for us. But we'll get there in a second. I think the the a bigger point here with this idea of he he squanders it all is it's a it's a misuse of the gift yes. of his father. Well, not only that, because again, I like your statement. You're better dead. You're better. You're a, benef- you're a better benefit to me dead than alive because I want your stuff. And then we see how much respect and honor he has that he misappropriates. He doesn't, as you said, uh, establish charitable goods. He doesn't even do it for the benefit of his future life. It's all about the here and now, what feels good, what tastes good, what looks good. And that is truly a misuse of not only God's gifts, but the gifts of his father, who he flat out rejected. So then what happens next? Uh, well, he, he kind of hits rock bottom, so to speak, and he's uh, with the pigs, as you mentioned, and he um, he doesn't have any food and he doesn't even, he can't even eat the pig food. And so uh, he has this realization that he can just go back, um, you know, beg for some kind of forgiveness and work for his father because he's got many hired hands. And so he can just kind of slip back into the picture, um, no longer as the son, mm-hmm. but just as one of the, the many hired hands there and, and try to kind of uh, find something that, that will give him a little sustenance so he can at least survive. Well, yeah. Uh, This is verse 16. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. I cannot imagine how hungry you could be to look at pig food and say, yum. Not the pigs themselves, right? Yeah. The pig food. Right. I'm I'm, I'm thinking, like, why why not eat the pig? But but then that other statement, no one gave him anything. His father literally gave him everything. And now he goes to somewhere else, squanders it in reckless living, and has no way of supporting himself after he has lost, spent, misused his stuff. There is no one to support him, and he can't even take care of himself. He can't even eat the food that has been given to the pigs the unclean animals. And I I like what you said, uh, that he hopes to slide back into the picture. And I think it's interesting because we've all been in this situation, uh, not this situation, but the idea that something's bad has happened. And now you rehearse the plan. You rehearse, well, if I just do this, or I can do this, I can make it okay. And just, you, you know he's hungry. And he goes back to his father. He goes back to his father's house. And just that that simple, I'll do what I need to do just to be taken care of. And I love the um, the apology that he works out here. So in our parable, yeah. we have 
the son, uh, Father, I have sinned against you and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your higher. Wait, okay, I got, I got to you, you got to add a little drama to this. <laughs> you know, don't just read it. Bring some uh, gravity to it. I don't want to hurt everybody's ears. <laughs> Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. All right. So we have. Are those real tears? Yeah. And I haven't showered in days. <laughs> I tried to get into the mood of uh, fitting in with the pigs and the pigsty. Um, but here we have, he, he's kind of going over, as you say, we've all kind of been in this situation where we're, we're trying to, um, okay, well, it'll be okay. Maybe if I just say the right thing, right. if I'm, if I'm really sincere about it. Uh, and so he's kind of showing this, this apology that he plans to give uh, and he gets up and he goes to his father. I'll let you pick up there. And, um, while he was still long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And I love this compassion aspect. Um, and I wonder, and we're, we're not given any insight. This is just a story that Jesus made up to make a point, to call us to repentance. This isn't a real event. But for the sake of the story, how long was the father waiting? Did he go out every day and wait, looking on the horizon, waiting for the return of his son. And it kind of seems like he's really doing something to, to that effect. It wasn't happen chance that the father was working in the field or, or sitting at dinner and then noticed his son, but he was waiting for him. And I think this is just huge. And I don't think it's the father was, oh, this, this kid of mine, he's going to mess up and he's come back crying to me. He was waiting with a longing. I hope you come back. I hope. And this compassion, because we were so quick. If somebody doesn't listen to us, if somebody tells us that uh, they hope that we hope that they hope that we die, it's not like, oh, I hope he comes back and he'll be my friend. We're like, fine, if that's the way you feel, and don't come crying back to me when things don't work <laughs> out. The father waits and sees him and has compassion. This is uh, pity and not, I feel sorry for you, but that let me be a part of you. Let me return to you. Let us have this union again, this restoration. And I think, um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think the, the Greek word used there for compassion is, um, it, it gives this sense of this gut-wrenching, yes, yeah. stomach-churning uh, uh, compassion and love um, that we see Jesus use. Right. Uh, and actually, he has this compassion on a few people throughout the Gospels. Um, but that's the level of, of care that the Father in our story has for his son who has returned home. Well, and, and I like, the, again, the gut-wrenching, and it motivates him. He runs and embraces and kisses him. Rich people of this time, culture, so on and so forth, they don't run. Mm. They don't go out to their wayward sons. They don't have compassion. It is truly the—well, that's wrong to say they don't have compassion, but they— do not embrace their wayward children. I was listening to something on this a while ago, and they said, uh, it was a commentary, and they said that if uh, wealthy people ran at this time, it would show their undergarments. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. So this idea of it, it, it would be kind of publicly humiliating mm -hmm. for, uh, for such an event to take place. Well, he would have to gather his robes to do this, because it's not like you just pick up and go. And... Um, 
And I love this. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And his father says, no. He cuts him off. He couldn't even get out the full apology. Right. And you know, he rehearsed it the whole way so it'd be smooth, it would be sincere, pull on the heartstrings. And we see that the father rejoices. My son has returned. He yells to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hands and his sho- and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. And before we get into verse 24, I want uh, you to say, I don't know if you said it earlier or if it was before we, we pushed record, what is on the sun. <laughs> well, if if we're playing with this idea that he's in there rolling around with the pigs right. and uh, you know trying to trying to share a meal with the pigs, he should just be filthy and gross and covered in dirt and muck and pig um, stuff stuff excrement. And, and so he's he, that's how he's coming back. That's mm-hmm. that's how I picture it. He's coming back and he's just a mess. And here we have the father who runs up and and just big old bear hug yeah. kind of idea. And now the father himself would be covered in the son's filth, okay? So wearing uh, the sin and the shame that this son has endured because of his his sinful living. And the father just, just grabs it all and embraces it. Um, and I love this too, that uh, this idea that he gave him, uh, put a ring on his hand. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe one of the other English translations, a signet ring, yeah. which would be the ring of of the household. Right. So it, it's this idea of make no mistake about it. He has been welcomed back, not just as a hired hand mm-hmm. who's going to be blending in in the background, but this is my son. He has returned home and he's a part of the family. Well, yeah, while, while you're talking about uh, how well the son looked and smelled, and especially in that statement that, um, you know, the signet ring. Uh, I made this comment, I wrote this comment. The father still sees the son as his son, sees through the muck, sees through the filth, sees through the smell, and sees him even though he asked for his father's death. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I think that's huge. I, I think that's just uh, amazing on so many levels. And on top of that, we don't see this man sitting there with his arms crossed, waiting for his son to come and grovel. He runs to him. Um, I think it's in the 2004 Luther movie. Um, Luther is reported to saying, I, I like it. I, I don't know if he really said it. But uh, do you know why the father runs to the son? Because he was afraid that the son would run away. And they wanted to go get him, wanted to bring him back, wanted him to be a, a member of the house. And I like that imagery because, again, it, it helps us w- with um, the whole idea that it is God who acts upon us. God mm-hmm. acts first. He doesn't wait for us to come to him because will we go the full way? Will we be brave enough? You know, so on and so forth. But um, so after uh, the the father gets the calls for the fatted calf and to eat and celebrate, he makes this really big statement, and I really want to to emphasize this. He says to nobody in particular. This is an announcement for everybody who can hear. For this, 
my son was dead. He was lost, he was gone, and is alive again. He was lost, and he is found. And they began to celebrate. Totally off the what the text has to say, I'm really curious how the servants, this is not a small household, how the servants responded. Did they agree with the father? Because it says they began to celebrate. This isn't just a party between prodigal son and father, but the servants are involved. Mm-hmm. I think that they're not mentioned and pure speculation. How do you think they responded before we get back to actual text? Well, I think there's one of two ways that would probably well, yeah, be bet. likely um, where we have kind of like the father um, that someone from the household was was gone mm-hmm. and has now returned and everybody can think of, you know, a great reunion with right. someone in, in their life or, you know, whatever that they weren't expecting. And there's great joy with that. And with those, sometimes you you forget about, you know, some of the the bad things that mm-hmm. that person may have done in the past. You, you're just excited that they're here. Right. Um, the flip side would be a reaction similar to uh, the other son, right. um, which, you know, that that could be likely to. And again, speculating here in our made-up story, but it could be possible that you have somebody coming back and, um, you know, the, the, well, why is he... Why is he welcoming him home? Doesn't he know he wasted all of his money? So that kind of <laughs> probably the, the more human reaction right. uh, where we, we kind of kick back against this idea of just being so quick to forgive. Oh, no, and, and the reason I bring this up is I like the idea that this is a, a functioning household and the servants are part of the house, um, the, the household. And to have this return, I, I do think that they take the, the cues from their their master, their the, the father. And I like the idea that they too celebrate. And I like how you approached it in the simple fact that they noticed he was gone. They also saw the pain, the longing of the father. Again, I don't know if he sat there day and night, whatever, but um, they respond to his celebrating, his reception. That's not their brother. That's not their uh, relation. But when he returns, it's the fullness of the household. And I, I just, I like that. It's a pretty picture and a nice bow, except the older brother messes everything up. The older brother was in the field, and so he's actually doing the work. He's doing double the work because the, the other son was gone. He heard the music and the dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked, what does this mean? And the servant said, your brother has come. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he had received him back safe and sound. But the but the brother, he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out to, to entreat him, and but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your commandments. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes. You killed the fatted calf for him. And I love this because, again, uh, I, I didn't want to go into details about reckless living, what that meant, because the older brother, obviously he was with prostitutes. Obviously he was doing the worst things he could do with your money. And you're enabling him. You're saying this is okay. You're letting him be a son again. 
What's wrong with you? And it's kind of, um, it's kind of uh, this poor father in the, in the parable. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, because I've actually heard it uh, said, it kind of implied here that the, the older son refusing to go into the party would have almost been just as sinful, just as shameful as the younger son oh, yeah. who squandered the mother, the money. Uh, just with the the context, the kind of the cultural um, taboos of the day. Mm-hmm. If your father's throwing a feast, you're at that feast. Right. You, you don't refuse to go in. Um, so that that itself would have also been kind of a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it goes from one son to the other, and I don't know how far you want to push that um, refusing to go in, but. In its own right, that is kind of uh, something that that shouldn't be well received. Right. And yet, here we have the the father in our parable taking the time to kind of lay it all out for even the older son now, who's kind of throwing a temper tantrum. Well, and I love how the father approaches this, and he said to him, "Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad." For this, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And yet again, we don't know what happens in the story. <laughs> Did the older brother repent? Did there Was there a change? We, we, we don't know. And one thing that comes out to here is this, this idea of the father in the parable, kind of really trying to, to piece things back together. Um, and, and you kind of brought it out that the— the older brother says this, your son, mm-hmm. distancing distancing himself from his own brother. Uh, and then the father here in verse 32, for this, your brother was dead. Okay, so we, we kind of have this, the father in the parable kind of piecing the family back together, reminding the older brother of the community that they yeah. have in each other, and that when that community is restored, that's a cause for celebration. And I, I think it's really also interesting that the father once again says, you've had everything, and it's always been here. What has changed? And I think that's fascinating, because how quickly do we take for granted the gifts of the church, gifts of God? Um, how quickly do we look at other people who haven't put in, and if you could see me, the air quotes, the time at church or the effort, and we look down on them? I, before we push record, I, I liked how you said that by nature, we want to make sure that uh, we see other people as worse sinners than us, because we're never that bad. Uh, we like to make uh, distinctions so that we come out on top, and, and that's the older brother. This, your son, look how he lived, and you accept him? And we're called to repent. We're called in the gifts of God. And to hear this again and again, we need to be reminded. And it is a a chance to celebrate when people repent and are restored back to the community. And I, I really, really like your statement, the father piecing the community back. This, your brother. I don't really care what you say. This is still your brother, and we get to celebrate his now-given life as he has returned, as he has been brought from the depths of his lostness, and he is restored into this house. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. 
I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.